and welcome to Small Town Mysteries, a show where three longtime friends from Massachusetts tell crazy and heartbreaking true stories filled with the extra flair of small town mystery. I'm Kate here with Christine. Hello. And Rachel. Hello. Bringing you our next episode on Relisha Rudd. But before we get into that, I'm going to hand it over to Rachel, who will be covering our missing person for this week. Rach? Thank you. All right. So today I'm covering Taylor Saunders, who was last seen on January 9th, 2024 in Warminster, Pennsylvania. She is a 13-year-old female. She was last seen near 120 East Street Road around 7 a.m. She was wearing a black hoodie, black pants, and pink glitter sneakers. And she may have been carrying a brown Louis Vuitton purse with a pink strap. She may travel to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So if anyone spots her, if you have any information about where she may be, contact Warminster Police at 215-672-1000. Thank you, Rachel. We'll have that information and pictures up on our Instagram account at Small Town Mysteries Pod the day this episode comes out. And now I'm going to pass it over to Christine, who is covering our primary case for this week. Christine? So this week, I am covering the case of Relisha Rudd. I've been wanting to cover this one for a little bit. I have heard about it before being discussed, and it is a listener suggestion, which is cool. And we love them. We love listener suggestions. This listener suggestion is from MK. So MK, thank you. You have contributed to several of our cases so far. So. Thanks. We love MK. We love I MK. do love you, and I'm also slightly concerned with the amount of true crime that you seem to consume, but that's okay. We've all been there. Christine, we literally have a podcast about true crime. We cannot judge any of our listeners. We can't judge, ever. of course, but I'm concerned for myself as well. So. Oh, you're not judging. You're concerned. Okay. That's a little different. A little bit. <laughs> there was a point where I was consuming way too much yeah, crime, Rachel and I like was. had to stop. You can tell by the yeah, amount of were... episodes that she's like, I think I've heard of this one. And then she's like, yes, Morbid covered it. Yeah, I know this one. I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah. No, we were actually talking about this. Yeah, we were talking about this when we started recording the episode, but we've all like cut down on our true crime listening lately, since, especially since we like started the podcast. Like it just organically is something that kind of all of us... I don't know. I feel like I get my true crime from making the true crime content and I don't seek it out otherwise as much. I still like Dateline, though. I have a coworker who literally always is watching Dateline. And then she was like, oh, my God, like they covered it. Like you have to cover this. on your- Well, so a few years ago. So me and my mom are really into Dateline and we have been for like a while now. It's like a thing. And a few years ago, my dad was I think he was on a business trip. And he saw Keith Morrison at the airport in the airport security line. And he sent a creep shot from like across the room and was like, it's Keith Morrison. And we were freaking out because we are Dateline girlies. We love Keith Morrison. That was an aside. (laughs) Okay. So getting into the case, Relisha Rudd was born on October 29th, 2005. She was only eight years old when she disappeared on March 1st, 2014 from Washington, D.C. So young. I know. I've been covering a lot of cases that involve younger kids, and it's not something intentional that I've been doing. It just has happened, and they're just really sad cases. It's always sad, but when it's a kid who's so young and who has so much life, their whole life. life to live, mm. yeah, it's just it's just extra heartbreaking. 
Well, I mean, historically, you gravitate toward the heartbreakers. So, you know, we can't necessarily be surprised that this is another case that is sure to be devastating. So in 2014, Relisha was living with her mother, Shamika Young, and her three brothers at the D.C. General Shelter, which was a homeless shelter. Relisha tried to avoid this as much as she could. She really did not like the shelter. I'm sure it was not the best environment for anyone, let alone an eight-year-old kid who just wants to play and be happy and live their best lives. So she would try to stay with other family members, but of course, it was impossible to avoid entirely. School was a good way for her to escape from that living situation. But starting in 2014, she began to miss more and more days of school. And at first, it was a day or two here and there. But a couple months into the year, like February, she was already at 30 absences by the end of February. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's horrible. A lot. A lot. Okay. So at some point, when it started to become more and more unexcused absences, because initially the school had thought that she was seeking out treatment for something, which I'll get into a little bit later, but after a certain amount of unexcused absences, the school, as required by law, ended up contacting city officials. The city officials did begin to search for reasons why Relisha would need to miss this many days of school. On March 10th, Relisha's doctor, Dr. Tatum, contacted the school officials and he stated that Relisha was extremely sick and that she was receiving treatment under his care. The doctor reported that he was treating Relisha for neurological problems and that he was going to discharge her by the end of the upcoming week. So, of course, the officials did need some sort of hard evidence of all of that. So um, at the request, Dr. Tatum agreed to send over medical reports and all of the necessary files. He said that he was going to leave the records at the shelter that Relisha lived at. And nine days later, when the officials went to pick up the documents, shockingly, they were met with confused staff at the shelter. The staff essentially said, we have no records here. And we absolutely have no idea what you were talking about. Even worse, the staff admitted that they had not seen Relisha in weeks. And the officials started asking questions about Dr. Tatum and horrifyingly find out that there was no Dr. Tatum. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So was her family still in the shelter at this point? Yes. What? They were. Mm-hmm. I'll get into That's that. That's crazy. And no one... No one reported her missing. Nope. Okay. Also, it's so crazy, like, to pretend to be, like, her doctor. Yeah, that's insane. That's evil. At this point, I'm also kind of surprised that they also just completely, like, trusted this person who said they were a doctor over the phone. I don't know. Like, it seems like it would be really easy to check the legitimacy of someone that you're talking to over the phone. Like... Ask right. them questions about what hospital they worked for and then just like a quick Google search. This was definitely like this was 2014. It wasn't 1990. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's what's crazy. I'm also curious about why it didn't raise any red flags that the doctor so openly uh, disclosed. Yeah. 
there was because no that's there's no HIPAA there. That's hey, just so you know, and it's like there's no indication from what you said that there was like consent on her part. It would have to be consent from her parents if she was eight years old. Um, for those medical records to be released to city officials, even if that is true, a huge HIPAA violation. But then I also just have to wonder, like, even the act of saying over the phone, like, oh, I'm treating her for neurological problems. That's a HIPAA violation. This is someone pretending to be a doctor who doesn't know Mm -hmm. what doctors do and how they operate. Yeah. And to be frank, like this case, there is a lot of gaps and a lot of things that the public and the media is not aware of that they haven't released for whatever reason that may be. So it could be the case that some of that I, I like I doubt that the person who pretending to pretended to be a doctor like knew that stuff and was asking about that stuff. But I'm just right. saying that like as we get further into this case, there will be some things where I just don't know and no one mm-hmm. really knows. Yeah, and that comes up a lot in um I see it a lot in true crime communities where people are like the authorities aren't telling us the whole story. They're not telling us everything. And they get mad about it. But I also know that it's an investigative advantage to keep certain things from public knowledge so that if they encounter someone in their questioning who has that specific knowledge, that person can be on a suspect list. You know, like it's it's a strategic advantage. And that's totally not related to this case at all. Because in this case, it sounds like they kept stuff from the public, which absolutely is probably strategic but in general that's one thing that bugs me about true crime communities where they're like we're not getting the whole story they're hiding something from us yeah they are they are and that's up to their discretion they Mm -hmm. should be we don't need to know every single detail and they need to do what they think is going to help them solve these cases right and if that is withhold information from the public to trap someone else please Mm -hmm. withhold as much as you'd like despite there being no dr tatum there was a mr tatum who worked at the shelter as a janitor. And when staff continued to talk, everyone realized that the janitor had also not been seen in several weeks. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. No. So the- <sighs> it, it gets worse. It does. Like you guys are going to be questioning so many things. And I like, I just, the thing is, it's, I'm horrified this actually happened. I just know now that like, this happened in 2014 Mm -hmm. like and you haven't even got to the worst of it and it's just like crazy to think about that like even this happened in 2014 and nobody like put two and two together quicker no and that's what like my next point like i know what you're thinking it took someone from the school to contact the city officials who then went on this like goose chase essentially to a shelter to find out that this girl was actually missing like her own mother where the hell is she in this Right. And also, I just feel like the shelter employees, is it not alarming? No, it is. If you still have the entire family and then not their eight-year-old child. Um, But I guess, well, actually, in defense of that point, you did say earlier that she would occasionally stay with other family members. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it wasn't unusual for her to not be at the shelter for weeks. My point stands. There are several places along the way that this should have thrown up red flags that were not noticed. So Shamika, Relisha's mother, admits that she hadn't seen her in weeks, but she does not admit to calling the school and saying that she was sick. Shamika says that she had thought her mom, Melissa, so Relisha's grandma, had been watching Relisha that entire time. But Melissa kind of denies this, and it's kind of like a she-said-she-said situation. And also, how can you not be sure? I, yeah. 
Like, oh, I thought she was with her grandma. Like, I she's eight. She's eight. Your daughter you is eight years know. old. You should know where your daughter is. So, in the end, police realized not a single person that they have talked to had seen Relisha Rudd for 18 days. During this time, police had come to the conclusion that she was likely with the janitor, Khalil Tatum, who was 51 years old. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. The same day that Relisha is reported as missing, March 20th, police end up getting a trace on Tatum, bringing them to a local hotel in Maryland. Upon entering the hotel room, police do not find Relisha or Tatum, but they do find Tatum's wife, Andrea, laying face down on the motel bed and with a fatal gunshot wound to her head. Holy, so... Oh, okay. I was not expecting that. Was it suspected suicide attempt or homicide attempt? I mean, he had already had a warrant for his arrest for car theft out at the time, Tatum. But the police after this do end up issuing a warrant for arrest for murder. So it's clear that they believe that he was the one who murdered his wife. And... Could we also gather that she might have been the one who tipped them off? Um, that's very unclear. I'll get into like okay. a theory later that some people have, but honestly, that stuff is really unclear. And I think the police, like, yeah. it's one of those situations where they know more than what we right. do. Right. So it's really, yeah. Just I, I'm not sure. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. That just, you know, questions come yeah. up. When the police request access to video footage from the it's actually a motel they are shocked to find that relisha is in none of the footage tatum and his wife are alone in every single shot the public at this point only really knows that an eight-year-old girl is missing and that she was last seen with tatum and they are asked to keep an eye out for the both of them this case is really kind of one of those poster cases for the media at the time not giving it a lot of attention. And Relisha's black girl. So it's kind of one of those cases where an eight-year-old black girl goes missing. And it's under extremely um, suspicious mm-hmm. circumstances. Right. And it's not really covered. So we've we've got the inverse of the missing white woman syndrome. Yeah. yeah it shouldn't matter. Like, I know I say this every time, but, like, a child is a child. Like, eight years old. Why does it matter? Like, it just shouldn't. Absolutely. We've talked about this so much, like, each time. And it's just sad that it's basically every single time that we talk about a young black girl missing, it's not given much of any attention. Right. And then when we cover missing white women, Mm -hmm. we talk about the extensive news coverage and how they leverage that in their investigation. It, every time we do, it always comes up that the media played a role mm-hmm. in the investigation because it was so well publicized. And you just don't see that with these black girls at all. Yeah, and this one is like a pretty recent one too. It's not even like from 20, 30 years ago. It's 2014. So despite her case getting a truly embarrassingly low amount of media attention, the police actually were pretty on this one. Like as soon as they kind of heard about it, Obviously, it was very suspicious, and they were right on trying to trace down where Relisha was, where Tatum was. Five days after the search, the FBI did release a video to the public in order to 
garner more leads. And this video shows Relisha at another hotel on February 26th. And so there's a video that you guys can click on and watch. So it at least gives some identifying features of them. And in my opinion, it shows you how comfortable she was with this man. Yeah, no, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was clearly, I mean, Stockholm Syndrome or whatever, but she was comfortable with this man. Well, she was probably groomed. Mm -hmm. Growing comfortable with someone who's kidnapped you. Well, I mean, they probably had a relationship before that. Yeah, I that I imagine she wouldn't just go with him mm-hmm. unless she had reason to believe he was like an adult that she could trust. Trustworthy. Yeah. That's the word I was thinking of. Basically, the video just shows them walking up and down a hallway and then into the motel room. That's essentially it. And like we were talking about, she seems pretty comfortable walking with him. Relaxed body language, in my opinion. This video, we know, is not the only one that the police has. But it's the only video that has been released to the public. And when you go on subreddits, when you go to comments, the biggest question about the footage is if police have footage of them exiting the room. Because the video only shows footage of them entering the room. And the police have kind of skirted this question. Like, they haven't really answered it. If you notice in the video... Relisha is holding a shopping bag, and when police questioned her family about the video and what they knew about it, they kind of said that they believed that in the shopping bag there might have been a swimsuit. They had apparently been in contact with Tatum, and they believed that Relisha and him were going to go shopping for a bathing suit to wear at a pool party. And if that seems weird to you, yeah, seemed really weird to me too. Uh, so yeah. you're gonna let what your janitor that or the janitor that works at the shelter you are currently staying at take your eight year old to go bathing suit shopping? That is several red flags. Yeah, for like a pool party. Like what? What? What is happening here? What? When investigators dug into the relationship between Melissa's mom, grandmother, like the whole family between them and Tatum. They were really kind of confused. Like, they thought they had a puzzling relationship. Basically, Relisha's family actually willingly allowed and even encouraged the relationship between Relisha and Tatum. He was allowed to take her on overnight trips, and he frequently bought her items that she wanted, like a tablet, and taking her to go see Disney on Ice. She even referred to Tatum as her goddaddy. And I, in all caps, said grooming here oh. is clear. And we have mentioned that word. Ooh. And I definitely think that that is what happened. Oh, my God. I'm not a parent who might criticize somebody else's parenting. But, like, how do you let this person stay in your child's life? Yeah. I also am not a parent. None of us are. But I have to question that, too. Like, would this not raise red flags? If someone was interacting with your child in this way and, and they were the janitor at the shelter you were living at, like it's it's not like her actual godfather, you know, like I I have questions. And in a lot of places and a lot of sources, it is said that Relisha's mom actually asked Tatum to take care of Relisha. And she is later quoted as saying that that was because she wanted her 
to escape the conditions of the shelter. So she just kind of handed her off to the janitor. Mm. Which, in theory, sounds parental, maternal, wanting what's best for your child. But Mm ill-advised, at best, negligent, perhaps. Um, Yeah, no, I'm... I'm having trouble seeing how anyone could think that was a good idea. Her mom did not see any red flags with the relationship. And as of recent, she still does not admit to seeing any red flags. Her mom is even the person who initially told the school that she was seeing Dr. Tatum. So, A, you're okay with your daughter going off with a strange man you really don't know that well. And B... You have no thought in regards to her future because she's missing, like, 30 days of school and you're just saying, like, oh, she's off with him. What? But also the fact that she's the one who lied and said he was a doctor first indicates that she knew it wasn't a good look that she let this man take her daughter. Oh, my gosh. That she immediately was like, oh, yeah, I can't just say the janitor at the shelter, you know, is watching her. I have to. Oh, she's the doctor the doctor is treating her like to me that indicates that she knew that it was not right that it was wrong and that other people were gonna call her out on that no that's a good point (sighs) yeah so tatum did have a criminal history he had a felony record which included burglary larceny and breaking and entering he was imprisoned from 1993 to 2003 And then again from 2004 to 2011. He was known for inappropriately paying particular attention to young girls within the shelter. That was going to be my next question was if there were complaints Mm -hmm. uh, toward him at the shelter in that regard. And there was actually like a no fraternization rule for their employees. But clearly he broke that rule and no action was taken against him eight-year-old kid like what i just i just this just like makes no sense to me no like it just it i just i'm gonna keep saying it but how does this happen in 2014 how are people still looking the other way when all this shit is happening i don't know that this is 10 years ago like that's like what the fuck all right so back to the footage that police have they do say that relisha is captured on video footage on march 1st and on march 2nd Tatum is captured on video alone without Relisha. So basically, like, the video we saw was before March 1st. They say they have video again of her on March 1st that they haven't released to us. And then a day later, he is captured on video without her. That same day, Tatum goes to a Home Depot store and he purchases large trash bags, a shovel, and lie. I don't. I saw it coming a mile away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to hear it. And when I heard it, I didn't like it. Some places say lie. Some places say lime. And I looked into it and I'm pretty sure like they're essentially similar. (laughs) I don't think it means like lime as in a a fruit or lime juice. No, no, no. No, isn't um, lie, doesn't that, that's chemical, right? Yes. And they're often like kind of. Like, they're kind of interchangeable when they're used in this context, but essentially lye is a corrosive alkaline, and it's yeah. sometimes used to, by people to dissolve corpses. Yes. That was my point. Yeah. Yeah. And where Tatum is between March 2nd 
on March 20th when his wife was discovered. That's unknown. At the end of March, the police searched a park where they had a lead. Not sure what that lead was. It could have been a cell phone ping or a tip. They are going into this and treating it as a search for Relisha's body. But instead, they end up finding Tatum inside a shed and with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. That's not fucking fair. It's not fair at all. But I'm not surprised. And as I kind of mentioned this before, like with theories, but a theory that's very prevalent on online forums is that Relisha was sold to sex trafficking by Tatum. And while that is a popular theory online that I still see floating around, it has been ruled out by D.C. Metropolitan Police detectives. Um, Some people do think that he was still exploiting her in some way to other people and that he killed his wife when she found out about his activities. They were in the process of divorce as well. Okay. That's that. So whatever the case may be, police still very much believe, they're firm in their belief that someone knows exactly what happened to Relisha. They don't believe that this was just Tatum and her. They think that other people were involved. They think that other people know. So it's really important, I feel, to continue to talk about this case because they think someone out there knows what happened to this girl and we don't have a body still after 10 years of them searching for one. Law enforcement authorities are seeking information about the location of missing then eight-year-old Relisha Tanau Rudd. The FBI is offering a reward of up to 25000 for information leading to her location and return. If you do have information concerning this investigation, please contact the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI or your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. And there is an updated picture of Relisha at the age of 17 that we will be posting when we post this graphic. That's my case. And I, I think like I have underneath like the the question that I just asked myself throughout this is like, how is no one looking for her? Like the school, the like they they waited, but they waited like 30 days. The people right. in the shelter, her mom, like her relatives, like not a single person. That makes me so incredibly sad. There's a lot of people involved in this who could have done something to help her yes. and didn't. And whether or not they had a legal duty to do so, because that's where my mind always goes, you know, they may not necessarily Ethical. have a, a, a legal duty. Ethically, you have a duty to step in. If if you're aware that a student misses 30 days in a row and you think it's suspicious, that needs to be investigated sooner. You know, like, these are not little red flags. Even, these... like, a multiple days in a row without nothing? Like, that's right. concerning. The thing is, originally when you said, like, 30 days, I didn't realize that it was, like, necessarily consecutive. But the fact that it's consecutive... It wasn't It wasn't necessarily consecutive, but it was the end of February. And by the end of February, she had missed 30 days in total by the end of February. And at least 10 of the days were consecutive. 
with unexcused absences. Like no one had known where she was. Okay, but what 10 was days, happening. that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm also just trying to remember like what our school's policy was on sick days. Like I think wasn't it if you missed more than three days, you had to have like you have to have some sort of a note yeah, doctor's explaining note. your absence. Like you even for the kids at my work, like if they miss right. more than a few days, literally if they are late, we have to call and be like what's up what's happening where are they if they miss a day we definitely have to know what's happening if they're missing several days like there has to be a note there has to be something right that's how that works yeah it's just mind-blowing it's just sad and i'm just really like the system failed relisha but it seemed like so many other people in her life failed her and again, I hate like calling out or whatever, but her family failed her here too. No, I like For sure. Yeah, I we're like we said, we're all not parents, we're all not mothers, but there's some things like, especially as people who talk about true crime, like we would never do. Like we would never just like let our kid go off with some random person for days on end. I I wouldn't let my kid go off with a random person for an hour, for 30 minutes. You just don't do that. And so I am passing some judgment there because I'm sorry. I'm just going to be honest about that. Like, I'm passing judgment there. I have to say the same thing. I'm, I'm not a yeah. parent. I've never been homeless. Um, I've never had to worry about my children and their quality of life in a homeless shelter. Um, but I also just cannot fathom thinking that this was the solution no and i will say there's sources that do talk about her mom and her life and her mom did seem to have a pretty hard life growing up a drug addict as a parent and then another parent who was really absentee so i don't think that her mom necessarily had um like i think she almost could have thought that this was the norm. So I do think that part of that is in play here, but it's kind of one of those situations where it's just like, you know, you're the parent and you're responsible by giving your child like a good life. I don't know. Yeah, this was tough. There's just so many people failed this poor girl. So many. And I really do hope that they do eventually find her. Yeah, I really hope they do. She deserves that much. Yeah. I agree. All right. Um, we will have photos of Relisha in 2014 at age eight, as well as her age progressed photos on our Instagram account as Meltdown Mysteries Pod. So uh, do your part and look, please, to see if this is someone you may recognize in all that time. Who knows how far she could have gone from Washington, D.C. So please uh, check that out. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Small Town Mysteries. We can be contacted at Small Town Mysteries Pod on Instagram. We love getting DMs of your pets, dogs, cats, snakes, of course, and listener suggestions. If you have a listener suggestion, uh, please send it our way. Even if you don't live in a small town, if you know of a case that happened in a small town or that doesn't even happen in a small town because we're pretty uh, just a case, not specific about that mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> Uh, send it our way and we might cover it 
yeah we appreciate your support and thank you for listening i want to see a turtle yeah i'm gonna throw it out there oh yeah if anyone has a turtle (laughs) we called out Um, okay on a couple weeks ago we called out men and some of them responded. And so now I want to I want to see a turtle and I want to see if we could call upon all the turtle owners. And if we have one, how cool would that be? Send us a picture yeah, of your turtle. It. And tell us their name. I'm so curious as to what you name a turtle. We got at least one review on Apple Podcasts that said, I'm a male and I like the podcast. That was so good. <laughs> we were so happy about that. And then we also, we definitely got a DM that was like, hi, I'm a guy. And I listened and we were like, yeah. Shout out Rob. (laughs) Yeah, shout out Rob. Oh my gosh. That was one of the best messages we've ever received. We were like so happy to see that. And I feel like I say this every week, but I just can't believe that we have an audience that responds to us and wants to talk to us and listens to what we have to say. And that's such a gift. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much, guys. All right. Come spiral with us next week. Bye. 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 Bye.